Hubert Davis will be able to have two additional assistant coaches on the sideline this upcoming basketball season. And good news, he didn't have to look very far to find them. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, July 24th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us for your first listen or watch every single day. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk about the possibility of a GM for Carolina's men's basketball team. Uh, That's a thing that's creeping into college basketball right now, so we'll look at that. As well as a couple Tar Heels making the preseason first team all ACC for PFF. And we'll look at that, who else made it, and some things with that. But first, before we get to all of that, if you watched Friday's show, you'll recall that um, one of the things we talked about was Coach Davis had done his summer press conference on Thursday. And first, you know, essentially first public media availability since the end of the season. And so just a wide ranging conversation, lots of off season fodder and banter and talk. And so we talked about it some on Friday. We're going to talk more about some content we learned in that uh, press conference today. And we might touch on it a couple other times throughout the week, but um, just, you know, it's rare that we get those summer glimpses. And so want to make sure to pick all the meat off of the bones of that. So, Where we start first is actually taking us back to January. Back on January 11th, the NCAA D1 Council. So this is part of the group that like makes rule recommendations and changes and things like that amongst a host of other things. What they did was granted multiple sports, not just basketball, the opportunity to have more assistant coaches as in-game coaches beginning July 1st, so when the new fiscal year started, essentially three or so weeks ago. This included, you know, again, multiple sports, but also men's and women's college basketball. Here, let me give you some language, actually, from the release. Quote, the council voted to eliminate the voluntary coach designation across Division I, instead including those coaches within a new limit for countable coaches in each of the applicable sports and specific to college basketball. They say, quote, the council supported an increase of two coaches in men's and women's basketball. And then the last thing I'll read, and then we'll dive into what this means and looks like, etc. And says, quote, these additional coaches may engage in coaching activities, but may not recruit off campus, end quote. And so let me actually take those in reverse order. So, um, you know, there have been these coaches that have been at the more voluntary level, but getting coaching experience, et cetera, like that. And so now they're able to, as that last quote says, engage in coaching activities, but may not recruit off campus. And off campus is the pivotal phrase there because it's not that they can't recruit. It's just that they can't do it off campus. So they can't go on recruiting visits. They can't go, you know, for the purpose of like watching recruits play, things like that. Any recruiting they do and they can recruit just has to be on campus. And that's all part of the language of of the recruiting game and visits and stuff like that. Like when um, 
there's certain timelines when students can visit on campus, when they can, you know, be visits uh, during tournaments and things like that. So that's why the specificity of they can engage in coaching activities, but may not recruit off campus. Now, secondly, the support in increase of two additional coaches is this. Uh, many of you are probably aware, but maybe you're not, that college basketball has had four coaches, so a head coach and three assistants. This means that we now go to a head coach and five assistants of you know various responsibilities, whatever a coaching staff wants to do. So this is one of the things that Coach Davis talked on or touched on at the press conference on Thursday. So currently, or at least last year, the coaching staff was Coach Hubert Davis, along with Jeff Lebo, Brad Frederick, and <clears throat> excuse me, Sean May. Obviously, again, all Carolina guys. That's always been the thing. Now, the two additional coaches, Coach um, Hubert Davis said with certainty, will be Pat Sullivan and Marcus Page. Love this. You know, it's easy. You don't have to go looking. They are already guys that Pat Sullivan has been back on staff at Carolina since Hubert Davis came back. So this will be Pat's third year, same as um, Coach Davis. And so Pat has been on staff as the director of recruiting for Carolina um, and uh, has essentially been in the NBA as an assistant at multiple stops and, and a couple other hats since the 0405 season. And so um, has been out doing it for a while um, and, and brings with him, you know, just a ton of knowledge and, and what NBA's uh, guys, you know, what the, the NBA personnel are looking for, all of that. And so to have already had Pat around and then just be able to give him that designation. I mean, he's already on the bench, but now he can actually engage in that coaching um, during the games. And then obviously uh, Marcus Page is the other one. We've known that he was going to be on staff taking over for Jackie Manuel, who is now an assistant at American University. Um, and it seemed like, you know, the plan was for Marcus to slip into, um, into Jackie's role. But obviously now the great news is that because of, of the approving of this recommendation by the D1 Council, then Marcus can be an on-court coach during games too. And Man, to have multiple guards on this coaching staff is great. Um, you love to see that. Now, um, we we do need to say though that from a what like what does this practically look like for Carolina? Coach Davis talked a little bit about that, and he said structure of games and practice will all, or excuse me, of practice game in games will all be the same. Won't change anything of that. And he said, "quote I like limited noise." End quote. Meaning he wants Coach Davis does anything funneling you know, like his voice to be the voice. I want, um, even though there's more people on the floor, there just has to be one voice. And he's not saying that to be a dictator or whatever. It's just so that it's like, when this voice tells you, you hear it, right? You you know the voice and, and you're listening for it and you know that that's the only thing you're trying um, to, to get. So uh, Coach Davis continues, same as he's done with his assistants and what he said all along, to have in um, in market people, you know, Carolina guys, and and that is the case now, even with this six. And so, um, for for Coach Sullivan, man, it's it's great because he had been around Carolina in various roles after graduating and before going off to NBA stuff, and has you know spent 
a decade and a half at the NBA level. And so he will continue, you know, I would imagine in that director of recruiting role, as well as any other on-court assistant things um, with Marcus, man, it's just like you, you think about what somebody like Marcus will be able to do in game for Elliot Cadeau, right? Like there was already going to be all the, the stuff he could do, but to, to be able to, settle him down or give him pointers and vision and things like that in games, man. And, and not just Elliot, but I just think in particular of him because he is the going to be a freshman handed the keys to this team. We've talked about that before as Marcus was after Kendall Marshall unexpectedly left after his sophomore year. And so the two can commiserate like that. So coach said, uh, coach Davis said at the press conference about Marcus's role and fit. Why about why, why wouldn't you want to have a guy like that around every day? And, and it's kind of cool how that all came together. That when you remember Marcus was back in town some last year during, during basketball season. And he told coach that, when he retired from basketball, he'd like to get back or not get back, but get into coaching. And coach Davis said, Hey, when you are serious about retiring and serious about that, come find me and let's talk about it. And so that's exactly what Marcus did. And they had those conversations and, and you, we all know this, but no surprise to anybody. Coach Davis said um, that Marcus was an extension of coach Williams on the floor. And so it's, it's not, any sort of stretch to see him in this new coaching role because he in many ways did it as a player already. And so there's a, a very natural progression. So I'm super excited to see what Marcus and Sully will bring to this coaching staff and, and how it will benefit what the Tar Heels are doing. Now, while coach Davis said he is um, hiring those guys there is one role that a couple teams around the country and even on his own campus have started to employ that he doesn't want to quite yet, but he's open to it. I want to tell you more about what that is in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by eBay. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle and the parts that you need to put in it. They have to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, let me suggest that you head to eBay Motors. They have eBay guaranteed fit and with that you can be sure that every fart <laughs> every part fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money comes back to you. Cuz just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when it comes to your vehicle and when you shop on eBay Motors. Plus, with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and all of that at the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, you everydayers, thanks so much for being with us. Always great to have you back, especially after the weekend and we enter into a new week together. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, we're so glad that you are here. would love for you to come be part of our show all the time. If you would like to submit a listener or viewer question, you can do that in now in a new and cool way where you submit a video. Just shoot a video on your phone, give it 
15 or less seconds. We just want to know your name, where you're from, and your question. Send it in to LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com, and you might see it pop up on an episode coming up soon. Or you might hear it if you're someone who listens. In fact, in about two weeks, three weeks, two weeks or so from now, we're going to have three weeks. I'm sorry. We're going to have a mailbag episode. So I want to make sure I've started seeing a couple more roll in over the weekend. So we're gathering all sorts of good stuff there. And of course you can always just submit a text question as well. Okay. We've talked about these uh, new coaching roles. Who's going to fulfill them? Again, so excited for that with what uh, Pat and and Marcus are going to bring. You know, obviously, Pat's already been bringing some great stuff, and now just we'll be able to do it in a new way. And and Marcus, man, I think he's just going to knock it out of the park. But the role that that many uh, programs, I say many, that some at least programs around the nation are starting to add is a general manager role. and. Um, it honestly, it makes sense because let me, let me unpack why it does as we have now NIL. And because of that, a lot of players are getting agents as we have the one-time transfer portal where players can move one time without having to sit out without penalty. And, um, you know, then they're, they're kind of locked in and one, unless they want to transfer again and sit out a year. And because the transfer portal um, is something now, thankfully now it's going to be shrunk. You know, it's already down at 60 days and it sounds like it's going to go down even further to 30, but still um, because of how insane roster management is for these college coaches on head coaches on top of everything else they're trying to do, having someone to help manage that roster who you can trust and work alongside with to help develop and grow that and and do everything you need to is a massive win for head coaches and probably programs too. And so um, for, for coach Davis, he said at the press conference, quote, I'm not there quote, Um, not meaning like I'm out, I'm old school. I don't want to do that. Just meant, um, he Because he came back around to it and he said, it's something I'm talking about and considering, but just again, I'm not there yet. Don't feel like I need it. And he said just right after that, quote, there's a number of responsibilities that I have. And then you add on transfer portal. They all have agents NIL. That's a lot. And said that essentially he's considering it in, in case it could help him be a better head basketball coach. Because I don't know about you, for me, I... Yes, I want him focusing on personnel to develop the relationships that he needs and all that, but I want him to be able to focus on coaching basketball to to do that part of it. And yes, there are things that you have to do that just come with the job, but if he's not having to worry as much about roster construction and all that because somebody else, that's their job, I love it, and and I'm all in on that. As, As this sport becomes more frankly professionalized it makes more sense to make this look like an nba type coaching staff where where you have a general manager and and all that to help figure all this out because it's always changing um you know I, i legitimately wouldn't be surprised if we had something like um a student athletes union at some point or at least like Men, men's basketball student athletes union or whatever it is wouldn't be surprised if at some point a cba develops a collective bargaining agreement any of these kind of things and for all of that you need someone like this and so um uh, no programs like villanova has done it 
Duke has done it. Uh, and in Coach Davis's own neighborhood, Coach Courtney Banghart has hired a general manager herself. Um, so um, this happened pretty recently, late June, essentially a month ago. Coach Banghart promoted from within, similar to what um, Coach Davis has done with Pat Sullivan, Liz Roberts. So she goes from Director of Recruiting Management and Student Athlete Engagement to general manager slash special assistant to the head coach, which honestly, if I'm Liz, that's a huge win just because my job title is shorter now. But um, in all seriousness, um, I love it. And you got to imagine that Coach Banghart and Coach Davis are going to stay in close contact about this uh, to discuss pros and cons and how it's going, um, how she thinks she will improve on it and, and grow from it. And that can help inform Coach Davis of when it makes him to enter into this same kind of thing. And I, I love this kind of approach. It's what I do with technology. I'm never buying new technology the day it drops. I'm going to let in, you know, Coach Banghart go buy it, work out all the kinks, let me know what she would do different, and then I'll go buy iPhone 15 or whatever it would be, right? And so in, in some ways, that's fine for Coach Davis to do that. Although at the, at the same time, while, while I'll let other people beta test with technology, maybe... In, in the landscape of sort, sports, maybe there's something to be said for being on the cutting edge of advancement in roles like this. Um, you know, sometimes it is the team or the offensive coordinator or the new scheme in basketball, whatever, you know, the new style of playing or, or roster layout or five men on the floor, you know, the four around one kind of idea. A lot of times it's the teams that go out and, and advance and pave the way and trailblaze that eventually becomes the norm. And so maybe maybe in this kind of scenario, you do kind of want to be out in front of it. So really just I'm super curious to see what Coach Davis does with this. I, I, I don't think it's going to become too long before a GM is, in fact, the norm. I, you know, five years or so, I think we're going to start seeing it become rampant. And so um, hopefully NIL will get a little bit more regulated by then. I think that that will help with it. And it sounds like it's kind of moving to, to some judicial levels to help with that. So, um, you know, it, it's funny. It's not too terribly often we think about the makeup of a coaching staff. But here we are, both of the first two segments today, because I think um, this is it's an important thing to discuss because it's going to eventually shape rosters and who's talking to them and meeting with them and helping put your team together. And so we, we got to know what's going on. And then um, for me, I think that when coach Hubert Davis does eventually employ, employ this role, it makes a ton of sense for it to be Pat Sullivan to me, because you think about, he's already the director of recruiting. And so already kind of working with figuring out what, what are we trying to do with the roster? What does it look like? all of that kind of stuff. And so it's just seems like a natural shift to promote from within. And Hey, that's exactly what the women's team did, right? Uh, for, for Liz Roberts, she was the director of recruiting management. So uh, that that's, that's where I think it will go. Um, unless in, in Pat's assistant role that he's not doing as much of the director of recruiting stuff. Um, although, you know, maybe he could be both like assistant coach and director of recruiting and tile that into one. So we'll, we'll see how that unfurls, but we'll definitely need to keep an eye out for it. Now let's switch from hardwood to football. We got some uh, great news 
I guess it's great news. It's just a preseason team, but still it's fun to talk about and look at. And they have honored the Tar Heels well, specifically on the off uh, on the offensive side of the football. We'll get to talking about that in just a second. All right, we are on our Monday show, the first show of the week, and we're going to talk a little football. First, uh, just a quick tidbit, Brady Manick is headed overseas again, this time to Lithuania. He'll be playing for BC Zalgiris Kaunas. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. All due respect to everyone in Lithuania. I just, you know, you always want to pronounce things right and honor people, but I'm interested to hear more about what Brady will be getting into in his team and what that is going to look like. Okay, last week, Pro Football Focus, PFF, released their preseason um, teams for each of the Power Five and and, um, Group of Five conferences. And so, obviously, the ACC is included in that. And what they did basically was to release a first-team all-ACC offense, first-team all-ACC defense so the offense had 12 guys on it and the defense had 11 so basically just want to walk through that and look at some Tar Heels on there look at what some of these honors mean uh, not just for the Tar Heels but teams the Tar Heels will be playing so let me run quickly through the offense the quarterback yeah you guessed it it's Drake May it makes sense Elsewhere on PFF's website, they talk about that Drake May was, quote, the most valuable player in college football last season, according to our wins above average metric. How about that? That's wild. Yeah, talk down about Drake May at your own peril, USC fans. I'm sick and tired of that. Um, They also go on to say his 45 big-time throws were 10 more than the next closest FBS quarterback, and he tied for second among all quarterbacks with 56 combined rushing first downs slash touchdowns. Drake made's a dude. Next on the list, two running backs, Will Shipley from Clemson, no shock there, Trey Benson from Florida State, three wide receivers, guy named Tez Walker, North Carolina, you love to see that, Oronde Gadsden II from Syracuse, and Johnny Wilson from Florida State. The tight end on this list, Bryson Nesbitt from North Carolina. Three guys on this offense first team. And then on the line, Graham Barton from Duke um, at tackle. Also Zion Nelson from Miami at tackle. Two guards, Christian Mahogany from Boston College. What a name that dude has, am I right? Javion Cohen from Miami and the center, Matthew Lee from Miami. That's a whole bunch of hurricanes on that line. I don't like to hear that. And then on defense, two edge guys, Jared Verse and Akeem Mesador from Florida State and Miami. Two defensive linemen, Leonard Taylor, Miami, and Dwayne Carter Duke, uh, like so interior defensive linemen. Two linebackers, Jeremiah Trotter from Clemson. Yeah. And Cedric Gray from North Carolina. At cornerback, Fentrell Cypress II from Florida State and Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Safety, Cameron Kinchins from Miami. James Williams from Miami. Yeah, two Hurricanes safeties on that list. And then Flex, Brandon Johnson. So let me total all this up for you. It's some really interesting numbers. The 12 offensive players, three each from North Carolina and Miami, two from Florida State, and then one each from Clemson, Syracuse, Duke, and Boston College. On the defensive side of the ball, again, 11 players, but only five schools represented. How about that? Four of them from Miami. 
two for each from Florida State, Duke, and Clemson, and then Cedric Gray, the one from North Carolina. All told, that's 23 different players. How many teams are in the ACC in football? 14, right? Well, here's the thing. Only seven different schools are represented on these first team defense and offense. Miami leads the way with seven. Carolina and FSU are tied with four representatives, Clemson and Duke each tied with three, and Syracuse and Boston College each one. That means half the conference didn't get a single player on the first team preseason All-ACC for PFF. That's Georgia Tech, Louisville, Pitt, Virginia, Virginia Tech, that's kind of weird, huh? Wake Forest and NC State. And yes, there was much cheering and rejoicing at that news. I am kind of shocked by it, especially uh, Virginia Tech. I mean, just because of history, not because of who they actually have. It, it makes sense. Um, and NC State. So, uh, man, pretty crazy stuff there. Cool to see the Tar Heels pretty well represented on this team, tied for second most in the conference. I think it says a lot about what uh, people at the national level think about the Tar Heels this year. Uh, they got to live up to it, though. That is the thing. Now, PFF also put out a second and third team all ACC. The only other Tar Heel on either list was Cayman uh, Rucker as an edge on the second team. And so, uh, so interesting that we just not even referring to them as DEs anymore. Just straight up edge is the designation there. So um, a couple responses, takes, thoughts on this. It is obviously a zero shock for me to see Drake may as the first team, all ACC quarterback or to see Cedric gray on there. Um, I'm a little surprised not to see power Eccles on either the second or third team. I didn't think you'd make first, but there you have it. Um, but listen, the respect to Tez Walker and to Bryson Nesbitt. I didn't expect that to see them pop up on first team, but I love it for Tez Walker. He hasn't played a snap. For Carolina, you know, it's crazy. It's wild. It's awesome to see. But I, I mean, at this day and age with so many transfers in and out, you're going to have to have a bunch of transfers on these kind of lists. Now, with with Bryson Nesbitt, obviously there have been flashes, but because of like this three-headed monster of, of he and uh, Kamari Morales and John Copenhaver uh, just hasn't had that opportunity to just shine at a massive level. And so for me... Uh, there, I wouldn't say he's produced enough yet to warrant first team, first team inclusion, but the potential and his skill set are enough to warrant it. So on that aspect, I get it. And I think there's a lot of expectation around the country that he's going to pop this year. And I think that would just take the offense to the next level if that is true. So my, my question is, end of the day, who else can Carolina get on this list? Like in the postseason side of it, who, who's going to pop? Who's going to step up and be a guy that you just don't expect? Can Cayman Rucker, for example, do enough at the edge to, to move up from second team expectation to first? Um, will, will somebody out of the group of running backs step up and just be an absolute dude? I'm not saying you got to be Javante Williams or Michael Carter, but, you know, just, just somebody take the reins and run with it. Stay healthy. Will, will a lineman on either side of the ball do do enough to warrant inclusion on this list and maybe somebody from the secondary can really just really own it and, and take charge this year and and help carolina find some consistency back behind the linebackers uh, a couple other things i note man miami's o-line is going to be some trouble this year for teams 
Um, and for Carolina's D line, if they can't get more push than they did last year, they're going to have a long day against uh, uh, against the Hurricanes. Um, and heck, even Miami's uh, secondary is clearly highly respected. Uh, it's really weird to see only one Clemson player on offense and just three total. They have two players on the defensive side. Uh, looking at the quarterback, the other two quarterbacks on the list, obviously uh, Florida State's Jordan Travis is the second team quarterback. I would have come unglued if they had him over Drake May on this list because I'm I'm seeing some of that disrespect and I got no time for it. So just there we go. And then uh, Clemson's Cade Klubnik is the third team quarterback. And I think he's kind of in that same spot as Bryson Nesbitt where it's like showed just enough uh, to where it's like, yeah, he's going to do exactly what Clemson needs him to do. Unfortunately, uh, Carolina was the uh, unfortunate recipient of that. So, man, so close to football season, y'all. We're getting there just about uh, a week or two away. Wait, August 1st is next week. So uh, a week away um, from camp starting up on Tuesday, August 2nd. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Great to have you back with us for a brand new week on the show. Thanks for making us your first listen or watch of the day. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me on Twitter at Isaac Shade, as we talked about earlier. Email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe, smash the like button, and leave your comments on today's show. It's always a great day to be a Tar Heel, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Indeed. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, but until then, peace.